If you grew up during the age of television where shows like Dallas, Dynasty, and 90210 gave full drama but empty plot lines, then our August pick is right up your alley. On this episode, we discuss our summer reader's choice, A Good Family, written by Korean-American author A.H. Kim. This story follows a Swedish-American family fighting hard to maintain their wealthy status as their sister is sent to prison for fraud. There's sex, there's lies, and then there's more sex and lies with a jolly dose of prison life sprinkled in. So buckle your seatbelts, this is going to be a bumpy review on this episode of Forks and Fangs. What it do, boo? <laughs> Here we are, yet again. We are back, back with vengeance. But this time, it's a little different because... I'm not only sip, sip, sipping on something by myself. Yes, but we are um, toasting it up together. Yes, the breastfeeding journey has finished. Woo woo! And I am back on track with it's, the alcohol. And what are we? What are we drinking? Well, we we started off. What was our starter? Champagne. <laughs> A little Corbel. <laughs> 1925 edition. No, I think it was what 2019, 2020. No, Corbell from Target. <laughs> that $13 bottle. Yes. And now I'm drinking my Moscato because it's sweet and I need something to help me through this. Who is the this podcast? Who is the Moscato by? It is called Bartenura. It's a product of Italy. It has a pipe. Five percent alcohol volume, yay for me! <laughs> so it's like you can drink the whole bottle, but it's just fermented juice. Yeah, it's kosher for Passover. There it says you go. in the back, so. Mazel Tov to those yeah. who celebrate. I don't think that's the right word yeah. to say then, but yeah, it's from Italy. So mm-hmm. shout out to Italy. Thank you. Let's for- let's toast to this episode because we. Um, we actually this drinking. is this is what episode ten for us I think. Um, DX as they yes. say. Episode DX. We just want to say thank you for sticking with us for ten episodes. <laughs> we didn't even think that we're gonna go through like five. But yeah. here we are. Here we still are. Standing, still doing the most. So today's episode, we are talking so. about. This is a novel called The Good Family by A.H. Kim. It was our summer read, so we had an idea to have people pick for August. Since, you yes. know, we, we need a beach read during the pandemic times. Like, we all need a beach read every year. So we had two books and this one. It was the book that I picked. You picked you picked for people to vote. Yes. And um, the, people, the people voted the people overwhelmingly. Vote. For this novel. I know. Uh, But. (laughs) but, This felt like 2016 all over again. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is. um, I didn't really like this novel. I'm just going to say from the get go. This um, was not good. This was not good. And I blame you. Who chose it? No. I don't. I do. But I don't. I mean, I was the one that picked the novel for the people to choose. So essentially, I'm like, why why did I waste my time reading this novel? We thought it was going to be good. You know, the the little background sounded like it was going to be interesting, but the, the premise um, was great, unfortunately. It was it really it was it was it was really bad. Yeah. Um So let's go and just start talking about what this story was all about. So, a good family follows this Swedish American family in uh, where were they? New Virginia, New Jersey. I don't even know. I don't care. New York, Boston, Connecticut. <laughs> I think they were in Connecticut. See, this is how bad this story is. <laughs> we've we've blocked so many details, and I'm just going to apologize in the beginning for this, but. We're dealing with this white family um, who is now, like, gathering together. For a holiday. Is it Christmas? No, Christmas. it's not Christmas. It's, it's in the summertime. And they have this, this family home that they 
all just come to. And our main character that starts the story off is Beth. Hannah. Oh, it's Hannah? Hannah. See, sorry, sorry, y'all. Hannah. I'm... There's a reason for all of this. So, <laughs> Hannah is our girl. So, Hannah, we soon come to realize, is um, Korean-American. And her brother, Sam, is married to uh, Beth. And Beth is a part of the Swedish family. So, Beth is uh, being sent off to prison for committing fraud yes um she works in a drug company and she used um this drug called metamin g for um it's supposed to be for adhd or mm-hmm. add but she allegedly marketed it to use to be used as a pill to help you know lose weight lose weight like all the other what else did it like i think deal with anxiety all, yeah, all different kinds of way you can market a pill but Apparently, um, unfortunately, and unfortunately, somebody died or somebody committed suicide because of because of this drug. Right. So and because of that, they they said it was grounds for, I guess, putting her to jail. So before she goes to the big house, they all get gathered together and, you know, basically have a grand old time. Uh, So within this family, you have Beth and Hannah, who are Mm sister-in-laws. Now, um, as far as uh, Hannah's family line goes... It's only Sam. It's just her and Sam, Mm -hmm. right? Brother and sister. Yep. Their parents have died. Dead. And uh, and then with the Swedish family... Oh, my God, get ready. Oh, goodness. So you have have Beth, and she has a sister named Eva and a brother named Martin. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay? And all of them are married. Yes. Everyone is married except for Hannah. Yes. All right. So um, no, Hannah's not even a part of it. You're confused. Well, she's not a part of the of the family. Oh, you mean like everybody's right? Fine. So <laughs> <laughs> I think the alcohol is hitting. So um, <laughs> they're all married. They have children. All of them have children, um, and so they're together at this place they're celebrating their last hurrah with their sister and eventually we see them like you know shuffle her off so what we are aware of is that hannah seems to be uh the type of person who has to keep track of all the details for her brother sam yeah the like the maternal sister the older maternal sister right so she's having to keep track of all of these details for sam because his wife is getting ready to go to prison and they need to know like the steps it takes to get there and we soon realize that beth is kind of like nonchalant about this entire process yeah very chill you know not um, really worried which is odd i mean you're going to jail and you're leaving like your two kids Mm -hmm. i mean if that was to me i would have been I mean, a mess. Maybe that's why she drank so much, but she also really drinks a lot anyway. They drink, they do drugs, it's a whole nine. They do a lot of stuff, this family. Mm -hmm. Um, But within um, the first few chapters of this book, we realize that, you know, you have like Sam who's having an affair with uh, his sister-in-law. And also another girl, like Beth's like assistant from before. Ah, so we must talk about Lise. So Lise is the uh, au pair Mm. for the family. Um, So she she appears only in deposition form. Mm -hmm. So this chapter, it bounces mainly between Beth and Hannah's storylines. Yes. And it is their point of view. Uh, So, you know, it's it's first person on theirs. Uh, So, but when we get to Lise... What we are reading is basically a transcript of the deposition that she gave um, in regards to Beth and her mis- misdoings. Mm-hmm. And we soon realized that Lise uh, was a teenager when she... 16. She came upon with this family mm-hmm. as an au pair to take care of the kids. Yep. And um, Beth's Sam. husband, Sam, Sam, starts fucking Lise. the nanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah as a teenager mm-hmm. and she 17. basically falls in love yep. with sam and it appears from the deposition that sam also is in love with with lease yep but it never gets clarified 
Um, a lot of things never get clarified. A lot of things don't get clarified. <laughs> but apparently it's Lisa's deposition that looks as if this is the thing that put... Beth in jail. But in, in we later soon find out that that isn't the case. Um, Han, uh, not Hannah, but Beth uh, gets to prison and she basically contacts Hannah to come and visit her. Mm-hmm. And she tells Hannah, hey, girl, I think something is up. I I don't think that it was just, you know, the information that was divulged in the courthouse that got me put in jail. I think somebody put me here yes. and I need your help. Yeah, find out who did it. And uh, Hannah is like, oh, no, who could it possibly be? Oh, yeah. Let me get to my homework. Let me go and do some research. So she goes and she does this in-depth research on trying to track down who may have put her sister-in-law in in jail and she um elicits the help of her assistant uh so that you all know um hannah is a law librarian Mm -hmm. and so she has an assistant who she has come in to help her get this information yeah apparently she's very handy she knows she knows where to go and she has some uh, secret spots that seem like a little sketchy and uh, illegal. But she gets what she needs to get. So, and every time that her name is Tracy, Tracy gets the information. Hannah's like, oh, oh no, oh really, oh my God, who have thought? So she adds, you know, all. I didn't know that. Oh my God, let me, you know, let me see if I can find out more. And, you know, with Beth's sister, let me find out about, you know, Eva and Martin. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, Beth's and Hannah's relationship was basically most in, like, Beth asking Hannah help. Right. So it's like when Beth needs something from the prison, whether it be, like, something, like, as a favor so so Beth can get services inside the prison... Hannah does all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, whatever Hannah need—I mean, Beth needs for the kids. So Hannah does everything, basically for them. Basically, like replacing Beth right. in her position. Right. So um, as she comes to all of this uh, new information, and she goes back and she reports it to Hannah—I mean, to Beth. I'm sorry. There's so many characters in this story. Um, she goes back to report it to Beth. And every time she gives Beth information, Beth is always like, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Give me more. Find more. It's It was never sufficient. Which was weird because it was kind of like, well, how is it that you already know all of this information? What else could she possibly find? Mm-hmm. Um, so just to fast track this, because we're getting to the meat of this, this tale. <laughs> um we come to find out that uh, Hannah is actually the person who put Beth in prison. Yes, dun dun dun, big reveal, da 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 da. <laughs> and uh, so she, re- she, um, Beth reveals to Hannah, like, "Hey, I know what's up." Now she reveals this all after finding out that her husband Sam has died in this horrible fire that has happened at their house um during christmas time Mm -hmm. so his sister hannah apparently like finds these like candlesticks that she's gonna she lights these candles because it's christmas time i guess that's what you do yeah and um so she she lights these candles and apparently these candlestick holders were like against the law because they were explosive i don't know how that works but Um, it's in there you can read it but unfortunately Her her brother her brother comes home and he's wasted yeah. and I guess this fire happens and, and he he is asleep through all of this so he dies in the fire and um so she's you know they're talking with each other after the funeral and it is revealed that Beth indeed knows that Hannah is the one who put her in prison and the whole reason is because um, Beth told Sam that she wanted a divorce. So what we have to understand is that Beth and Sam are in a marriage, but Beth is not straight. Beth she is, is She's lesbian. So mm-hmm. she uh, has struck this deal 
uh, in order for her to rise the ladder of success because she's yep. in a relationship with a woman named Charlotte. And, um, but sh- you know, this is probably what maybe like the early 90s that this relationship is happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being in a gay relationship is, is taboo at this time. And she was the only female person in her pharmaceutical company like that has a rank mm-hmm. everybody is a, is a male so for her to reveal i guess that she's lesbian and she's you know dating a woman is you know would be the death of her we'd be ruining her career so here is sam this like you know of a puppy like a puppy dog guy that always follows her apparently also likes her mm-hmm. so they did like a marriage of convenience you marry me and then we'll get rich together and then give me a baby but the baby was first yeah and then before i think right before the baby was born he proposed to her because he mm-hmm. fell in love with her apparently and uh so they got together and uh so his sister beth i'm not beth but hannah um decides that you know she needed to do what she needed to do because beth threatens sam that hey, I'm going to ask for a divorce. This is what we agreed upon. I can't do this anymore because she actually wants to be with Charlotte. And I want the kids. Full custody. Mm -hmm. And he is like, no way. I can't have that. And he tells his sister. And like everything in his life, she tries to fix it. And this is how she she chose to fix it. And so therein lies the end of our story, right? You, we go through with there's a lot that we're going to discuss about this um novel so we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back i actually think that you summarized the book better than it was written <laughs> like see the concept of the book is not that bad like, no it's not it's just how it was put into the book like how it was constructed was very poorly it was bad. It this this novel you know, I, I honestly when we when we finished this story, I finished it before you and I waited for you to get to the end. Yeah. And um I really wanted to talk to you about it because I was just utterly confused because it just felt like I was on this train to nowhere. Like it was moving. The train was moving. Oh yeah. But uh, we just never got to a destination that was worth staying in. Um, so I was kind of hurt because I don't think I've ever read a book this bad. As an adult. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me be clear. In, in my life, as a child or an adult, this book was horrendous. So, so let's get down to our list. What <laughs> We got a list. You that's, know, you so hear that? That's our list. We're not making this up. We actually really thought about this because writing a book is hard. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Me either. So you know, we're we come with respect to the author. Mm-hmm. That you know, I'm sorry that your editor failed you, <laughs> but your idea was good. It was like you know, like when you summarize it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna read that book. <laughs> like, but we already read this book. <laughs> we read it, so. and um, yeah. So, one of the things that we had huge issue with was that there was weak character development. Yes. So, as you heard me try to like tell you all this story, it it may have seemed messy because the story was indeed messy. There were so many characters that did not need to be there. Yes, like. Why do we need a family tree? Like, we could have scraped all the characters. It just needed to be, like, Sam, Beth, Hannah, Charlotte, and Lise. That's it. That's it. We didn't need anybody else. Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention was the fact that um, in all of this, um, Beth's character... We we find out at the end of the story that their family, th- th- this this wealthy family that we think is just born into this wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were under the guise that her father was this ambassador. Mm-hmm. When in actually, actuality, her mother and her father were just the help. The help. The maid and what, the driver or the mm-hmm. butler or something like that. So um, they never came from money. 
And uh, Beth's character was molested by the ambassador in which they worked for. Yes. For years. For years. Since she was like 14, I think. Mm-hmm. All the way up until I think maybe her her late teens, mm-hmm. early 20s, that she was in this relationship with this, this ambassador. And it was her brother, Martin, who just so happened to walk in and on them him. and found them um, and beat this man up. Uh, and basically, because of that, kind of was like, you know, the ambassador didn't have anything to do with them. And they had to work their way into money. Yes. Which is probably why she was just so, like, okay with doing all of what she needed to do fraudulently to gain the money mm-hmm. um, to get that status I guess to make a name for herself and the same with the rest of her family members um, but as far as like the character development that goes along in this story being so weak it was unfortunate because we really didn't need to know all of the the background stories between the couples and why they were fucking each other like it just it never made any sense yeah it wasn't necessary it was right. like fillers and fluffs yeah like it was like the characters are so one-sided that the only character that really has substance is beth and if not for her i would have been like i can't finish this book mm-hmm. i finished a book for the podcast for yeah. the for the people for the people we do it for you <laughs> you know and i i was just like what did i just read like sam sam was pathetic hannah is like this um you know like this woman that always gives up whatever what whatever like her heart's desire because she needs to fix something. And not only her heart desire, but just the goodness that comes from her being a hard worker as a law librarian. She was being promoted to go to California. And she gave that all up for her for her brother. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm so tired of the storyline of women giving up the shit that they want because of some stupid guy. It doesn't matter if it's like a brother a husband or like a I don't know a boyfriend whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like this this is so weak like why what for exactly. your brother's grown has a family has a wife why do you need to meddle that's why I was asking you if you had ever seen um, Love Actually because there's that character in the movie for those who have seen this movie there's a character um, who basically gives up the opportunity of being in like an actual relationship because she's having to deal with her brother who seems to be in like a mental institution Mm -hmm. and for some reason she has to constantly go to the hospital because they can't control him so they call her and just like can you come and help us out which is not how those places work anyway but she she leaves in the middle of her possibly having sex they hadn't even started yet. Oh. I don't even think she was like fully undressed in, in in this movie. See, like it's it's such a cliche, like of a character, right? And you know, it's like, oh, you feel for for Hannah, and I'm just like, no, I don't. That's her. That's her choice. Mm-hmm. Like, why? You know, you yeah, you lost your parents in a car crash. You feel responsible for Sam now, but you both grew up as adults and he would if he really had the sense of a human being he wouldn't be in a in a in a marriage whatever relationship you call it with beth right we wouldn't have children just like that so it's not on her sam wanted all of this for himself it's not for you to fix you can't fix everybody mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so well it's overplayed cliched uh not needed. Yes, not, not needed. needed. Also, another issue with characters was they they constantly mentioned the children. And in the very beginning, it was kind of hard because I was trying to work out, like, what is this family tree? Because I felt like, okay, all of these characters must be important to this storyline. Because they were mentioned. And, you know, they were... Uh, the first two children that belonged to one of the main characters, uh, Beth kids, were named, mm-hmm. right? And then there was the subtle mention of Eva's son. What was I think his name was like Max or something like that. But they they talked about him because, you know, like he had issues. Oh, it was Martin's son. 
mm-hmm. Martin's son, uh, which was actually his stepson that we later find out. It's not even his child. And he has all of these issues of getting in trouble and doing drugs. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe... Maybe he, he has a part of somewhere. Yeah, or maybe he had a part of, like, putting his aunt in jail and getting mm-hmm. money off of it. Like, what? What? what's the point? And then maybe I was thinking, oh, maybe these cousins, because we soon find out they're, like, step-cousins. These children aren't, like, the actual blood relatives yes. of this Swedish family. So maybe they were, like, having ancestral relationships because there's kind of, like, a subtle mention of kind of like people touching each other inappropriately a lot <laughs> and um but nothing nothing comes out of it nothing it's just kind of like it's just these white folks doing bullshit in this in this book it just is it reminds horrible. me of a, it reminds you of a bad reality show actually yes like why why am i reading a reality show <laughs> i like i'm i'm not that desperate like why am i here what put me here yeah. So, um, I think out of all of those characters, I know we discussed this and you said this, was that Beth was the most well-written. Yeah. I think she had the most rounded out Somebody had idea to be. <laughs> of, uh, you know, of who A.H. Uh, Kim wanted this character to be. Unfortunately, she didn't give that to the rest of the characters in the story. Because too much. It's just too much. What did we say would have been better for this story? That it would just have been Beth and not Hannah telling the story, too. Because this story is told in two different POVs, which is also hella confusing because Hannah likes to do flashbacks, <laughs> but it's not, it's not really, it's not seamless. Right. Like, you, I find myself confused for the most part while I'm reading the book. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, where are we at? What, ha- what just happened? Who am I reading? Yes, multiple times. And I was just like, oh, this is rough. Like, after a few chapters, I'm like, oh my god, what am I What am I doing? <laughs> so, yeah, if Beth was just the character that was just telling the story, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if... Maybe, if there were no fillers... Yeah, that book would be cut in half. And it would probably be a sh- straight shot story, which... I wouldn't, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, so mm-hmm. that's that's her story. It would have been like a, you know, it would have been more relevant. It probably would have more impact, quite honestly. Yeah. It's still not the best story, but it's it's workable at that yes. point. Yeah, yeah. And then you said if, um, like, how to improve this story? The way I felt like the way that to be able to improve this story, you know, like you mentioned, like take some of those character out yes. and um, really focus more on on Beth and her prison story. I think, you know, one of my biggest qualms with this part was that they made it seem as if she was having a really good time in prison. Yes, this is what she had to put. You know, there was a point where it seemed like, okay, maybe it's getting a little rough for her because she was unable to sleep and she was she was taking like uh, Ambien. De- yeah, and antidepressant mm-hmm. medication, but it wasn't like name brand stuff and she knew like, oh, you know, I need to have that name brand stuff cuz it'll give me the full drug of what it is that I need. And once she got it, she was fine. It never seemed at any point of the story like, oh, whoa, it's me, I'm in jail, because who wants to go to prison? Nobody. Nobody. But it didn't feel like that. It really, you know, they portrayed it in the beginning when they were trying to explain to the to the, her children, who were very young, where their mommy was going and saying that it was camp. It's camp. And I feel <laughs> like the writer decided to keep with that theme of camp throughout the story because when we follow Beth she's introduced to these characters that have crazy ass names like Deb the Destroyer Mary Mary Meatloaf Mary yeah Yeah. but that's the thing it's like you know it's like 
Orange is the New Black kind of thing, mm-hmm. just watch Orange is the New Black. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to read this book. Because that's the same thing. Like, Beth is like Piper. Charlotte is like that girl from that 70s show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember her name, but that's the relationship. And I'm like, I'm I'm going to be fine with that. If I'm going to read it again, fine, whatever. But it was poor poor storytelling. I also didn't particularly like the stereotypes that was used within the prison uh scenes because there were moments where you know uh she would describe certain parts so they had this like area where they could go and sunbathe Mm -hmm. right (laughs) sunbathing in prison so they would go and sunbathe and there she was beth was walking out there for the first time and she's describing like oh there's this section that's down the hill that is just you know they call the ghetto because they talk loud and they're listening to the hip-hop music mm-hmm. and i'm reading this part and i'm like what the fuck did i just read what's a bad taste in your mouth because there's so many other ways to describe anything Yes. In the prison, like, in there are so many other ways to go about it instead of hitting, like, let me shoot them with the stereotypes. Yeah. That, um, Beth and Charlotte being, like, a gay couple is such a stereotype. It just follows, like, the typical lesbian, you know, couple. Right. And then, you know, the characterization of Deb is also one of a stereotype. Mm-hmm. I never thought that Juanita was gay. I always thought that she was straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- also thought that Deb was straight because, like, it was, so if she's like burly and like you know likes to yell and a little bit masculine, like we all have friends like that, but that doesn't mean they're gay. And also, you know, like there is no set like characteristic of what a gay person should look like, exactly, or sound like, or how they should appear. But I think what she was doing in this novel was going straight towards the uh the stereotype right so so i think like she 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 did a foul thing um within using those stereotypes the way that she, that she chose to use them or you just using them in at, at all like it, it just there's different ways to show a lesbian couple mm-hmm. um there's a different way of showing like people in prison and I think uh she did a um a disservice (laughs) in all of those areas like I I, I, just across the board I was just like no 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 um outside of like Beth in her prison uh and the fillers and the confusing flashbacks and everything I know you found issues just with the writing and in, in oh, general yeah. this is like <laughs> this is my biggest issues in reading novels in general if i can't if i can't square with how you write it i i'm really like it it drives me crazy mm-hmm. like their grammar issues their spelling issues i know i'm that person <laughs> but somebody has to be <laughs> and that's me hello how are you <laughs> But yeah, like their grammar issues. I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect, and English is not my first language, so I know it's hard even for me to remain like, you know, just to make sense of like a sentence or a word. I'm even struggling now. But if you're writing for a book and you're gonna release it to the world, at least make sure that your spelling is correct, or at least that the grammar makes sense, because it would confuse readers, especially people that's English is not their first language. Hi. Whoever the editor was for this book... That's what I said. They failed her. They yeah. they failed her. You're really bad. In so many ways. And, and, you know, we took the time today just, like, to look at different reviews that people <laughs> wrote about this novel. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, the ones that we did see, you know, a lot of these people were given the book. It wasn't a book that they sought after. Yeah. You know, this was something that they got for free for them to review. And, you know, I think a lot of them gave it, you know, five, four stars. Mm-hmm. But there were some, I think they wanted to be honest, but they chose to be, you know, a little bit nice. And they gave them yeah. three, but they all started off the same way. that They felt that they were confused about what it was that they were reading. And, you know, if we were honest with ourselves, like, 
if you're going to have grammar issues and spelling issues and plot issues in a, in a novel and your editor is not sitting with you and saying, okay, how can we make this more cohesive so that everybody can like read and understand yeah. and feel good about what they're reading, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I, it hurt. You know, I, the only reason I think... Well, there's two reasons. The only, reason number one of, of us reading this novel was because this was the book that you all chose, right? Mm-hmm. You all wanted to read it because it sounded as if it was going yeah, to be a Yeah, this was my pick. Good... I found this book and I was like, oh my gosh. You know, first it's like a person of color. It's a female and it's, you know, it, it sounded interesting to me. Like, oh, there's mystery, you know, who who done it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I'm I'm all about I'm all about the mystery, the thriller. Who who killed who? Like putting people in jail. Like this. Let's find out what's going on. But man, oh bad. And reason number two. Reason number two for me is the writing was horrible, but there was there was always like this saving grace at the end of the chapter. So you're reading this chapter and you're like, why am I reading this? Right. I'm reading this. And then at the end of every single chapter is this huge reveal that can connects you to say, okay, let me read the next chapter to see what happens. I want to know why, you know, we find out that, uh, you know, her brother has this company that's a, really a horrible company making money in the most horrible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name is on it. And her husband, Sam, is tied to it. And he doesn't even know that he's tied to it for what reason. And the and the reason being that because he's a minority. He's he's Korean-American. And mm-hmm. so they've created this, this uh, company in order to gain these contracts. And that in itself, I was like, okay, that's a good storyline right yeah, there can we get more from that and they didn't give us any more it was just like exactly that was used as a filler mm-hmm. like to to let you see that how horrible these people were mm-hmm. but i'm just like that wasn't really needed and going back to the korean american korean american thing th- i picked the story because it was written by an asian person i always sought out you know books if i have to pick a book I would want it to be written by somebody from Asia because I'm Asian. So I want to I want to highlight that you know we everybody can write Asian people can also write and they do a damn good job about it except AH Kim. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, let me let me let me give these new writers a chance because mm-hmm. you never know. Celeste Ng was once mm-hmm. a new writer and look at her now. You know, two two novels, a Hulu show, and she's on the top of the world. Yes. Kevin Kwan was the same way. So I'm like, maybe this is the next you-know-who. I don't know. So I wanted to give her a chance, and I want to read about a Korean family. I read about white people doing white people things. And if that was what we wanted to read, we could have picked up any novel. We could have gone to Nicholas Sparks. And read one of his books. Nicholas Sparks is better. That says a lot. <laughs> and um, we would have been better off reading one of his novels than what we read. And, you know, it's there is nothing wrong with writing about people who you are not. You know, like, yeah. she's... she we, we understand what it is to navigate between both those worlds. Our mm-hmm. worlds and their worlds. And, and to read that is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know... I just kind of want to read a story that has a little bit more focus on people of color. And unfortunately, in this particular novel, we weren't given we weren't given that right. Like, it's probably like a couple paragraphs at the most about like, you know, Hannah's backstory, Sam's backstory, and that's it. Their parents were dead. And that's why they turned up this way. And it should have been more information about them. Yes. And I was just like, you know, in going back to how to make this novel better. Like, if we really wanted to keep the Beth and Hannah POV going back and forth, I would have wanted, like, to be, like, after Beth asked Hannah, like, okay, help me find who did this to me. And Hannah going back to her home and be like, well, we all know it was me. Yes. Like, I would have been like, oh, snap. 
you know, and yeah. then her telling her story, why she's why she done it and how she actually did it and when her, when it's her time to go back to prison to see Beth how she would pretend on like not knowing anything I'd be like girl Hannah you're something else mm-hmm. but she, that was that was not even there right I would have that would have been you know a better story I really wish that you know like we could have been like one of those like fan fiction writers and just taken this story, deconstructed it and put it back together into a much better novel. You know, what it could possibly be. Because the story has potential. The story is, you know, a family story. Right. And I love family stories. Don't get me wrong. I love like some family drama, like Little Fires Everywhere, Case and Point. You know, that was about this white people in Shaker Heights mm-hmm. and you know it's it's not always about the person of color being the main character right but it's about the explanation of their relationships and how they relate with each other that makes a story worthwhile reading right the only explanation that we were given about how those the race played into it was because of this company that Martin created that mm-hmm. he was able to get contracts because he had a minority member Which on Sam. his on his team. So other than that, That's you know, it. and maybe maybe AH Kim was kind of like one of those writers who was just like I don't want race to be a part of my story. I just want our characters just to to exist and be who they are and not have, you know, them being Korean being be important to the storyline. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the storyline sucked that yeah. she gave us. And I think it would have been better if she did play into that and wrote for that and gave us what we wanted, what we <laughs> hoped. Yeah. But unfortunately, it wasn't um it wasn't that way. So one more thing, because yes. I work in the medical field and that's why this also story um, kind of like, I guess, trapped me because mm-hmm. <laughs> it said like, oh, you know, it's about the big pharma. And I'm like, I've always been curious about how this pharmaceutical world works. And I've seen like medications. I've seen like how people are charged for medications. And I'm like, man, this is this is something else. Mm-hmm. So I was like expecting something along the lines of like, you know, deceit and like how, you know, people are being mistreated with this medication and like just other issues. Like, I mean, it was touched on a little bit with the fact that, you know, she took this medication and uh, she marketed different ways on how to use it. Yeah. But I mean, it could have definitely gone deeper Yes, it um, would have been a more substantial story because I feel like there was no research done. Big pharma, prison, you know, system, like, or probably because she is a lawyer in real life. So I think the the thing that made more most sense is like, you know, the 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 proceedings and like all of that stuff. But even then, I think it still kind of fell short. Maybe because she does real estate law. Oh. I'm just assuming. I don't know what kind of law she does. I don't know. She could be a criminal lawyer. She could be a prosecutor. I don't know, but but it just it just really felt short. Like it's like it's like starting a project but never finishing it. That's how the right. story felt like. It's like you have like 10 projects that you started and now it's like the end of the year and you got to finish a project. So you choose one. But then all the other projects are still there. You mm-hmm. can still see it in the house. It's unfinished. It looks ugly. And it would never go away until you finish it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, going back to, like, the reality show situation. Like, how <laughs> I felt. Like, the premise of the story is this family is a train wreck. <laughs> but train the writing wreck. didn't have to be. A train wreck. <laughs> it could have been said in a way, or the plot could have been done differently. Yeah. For it not to be this bad. Yeah. It could have. It could have been written way, way better than it was, and unfortunately, we got what we got. But we know, you know. Let this be a note 
to the writers out there. I would say read this book as a case study yes. of what not to do, of what not to give people. I think if I was like a creative writer teaching, a creative writing teacher um, at a college, I would definitely say this book is your assignment. It's horrible. I'm just going to let you all know now. What I want you all to do is to take this novel, turn it into a short story, make it better, and show me how you could have done it. Yes. And I think it is a, it's a teaching moment. This book can be used for a teaching moment, <laughs> but it can definitely not be used for a reading moment. So we want to save the lives of all of those <laughs> and who money. took the time and money to, to seek out this book if you didn't if you if you checked it out from the library congratulations you helped their readership numbers <laughs> their circulation numbers if you bought it hey that's money in her pocket we don't know ah kim situation she might yeah. need these funds but and we we definitely don't know her personal life all i know is um she she's a lawyer um she had gone through some tough times um she was sick for quite some time she had chemotherapy for that and she's a survivor mm -hmm. so I would have I would have wanted to read that story, if I'm being honest. So we're not hating on her personally, but this is her first novel. It's it's a stepping stone to greater things. Yes. Um, but pick a different editor, pick a different publisher, and we wish you luck. Yeah, because you know maybe there are other stuff that you can write about that's um more fun. Because she seems like a like a jolly person that she's sarcastic and I kind of like you know her Instagram posts are funny yeah so I was I was actually wanting that in the novel but this is just creative criticism yeah you know like you know this is us just just being the critics the amateur critics that we are yeah I'm not claiming that I have a degree for this maybe other people are like oh no you guys are wrong. I'd be more than be happy to talk to you about it. Yeah, and if I mean, if you disagree and you felt like this novel was Shakespeare quality work, Hit us I mean, up. not to like have him be the bar that we set books at because he had his issues too. But um, if I you felt like lit. <laughs> if you if you felt like this novel was good, hit us up. You yeah, know, let, let us, us know. know why we're wrong. What did we miss? Yeah, at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. We're, we're in the gram. Yeah, hit you, us up. Let us know. Yeah. Dude. We're not here to argue, but we're just here to be enlightened. Enlighten us. That's right. What we did not see, because we want to see the light. <laughs> we want to see the light. Yeah, that's the theme of 2020. We yes. want to see the light. So on that note, we um we bid you adieu. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toast to you. With this yes. little bit of wine. Oh, but Cheers. before we end, the two the the two things that we have to do is to rate this novel, and why. Oh, the rating. I mean, as if you don't know. <laughs> Just in case you're curious. Okay, for me, for me, I will give this novel two stars. She's the nice one. So I'll tell you why. <laughs> because as we stated at the beginning of the podcast, like writing a book is hard. I don't care who you are. I can't do it. It's it takes a lot of work to sit down and and pump out thousands and thousands of words to create a story that nobody has ever written before. Exactly. So, um, I give her a star for that. Even though you know, we've read this story before, we've watched it on TV, mm. but <laughs> I give her a star for that. So the the second star um is because like i stated earlier it was a book that even though it was it was poorly written there was still it was still like a little push at the end of every chapter for me to figure out like where is this story going it wasn't one that i would to immediately abandon um but it definitely was kind of like okay what is i wanted to know where, where is she going with this? It doesn't make any sense, but it still had me like watching a bad movie. If you if you listen to our review on uh, the girl with all the gifts, it was like that, where it was just like this movie is bad, 
but we just want to know how you, does it Because you're already there. You were you already sat we, down. We committed to it. We had to finish it. You canceled so. your plans for the night. <laughs> so, two stars. What what about you? So, I Or two fangs. What is this? What are we talking about? Stars. Fangs. Two fangs. So, I'm going to start this rating as an apology to Sylvia Moreno Garcia's <laughs> Gods of Jane and Chad. Girl, you are a mean writer. <laughs> and if you know, you know what she's talking about. Um, if not, listen to what episode two. Yes. Three. And as as repentance, <laughs> I would read your next novel because you deserve better, girl. <laughs> so that's that's that. Because I, I I said I would say it to the to the world. How I'm very um, regretful about that, but my rating is a one. One fang. One fang. Can't even tear any meat with that. So <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, um, I guess we uh, just want to say thank you. One fang. One more cheers for my one fang because <laughs> it's I can't do with with the writing. It's I'm very technical in my head. Mm. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. So. We need we need uh we need more diverse books and that's what we're always rooting for, and uh, we need uh, better plots, <laughs> better uh, plots, <laughs> better plots, better better writing. Yeah, there's so many books. Why did they choose this? We, I don't think we're we're at that point where we can be mo- mediocre minorities right now. We we, gotta, we haven't reached that state yet. We gotta be the best, we, man. We gotta be the best right now before we can be mediocre. And Danny, you chose this book? How <laughs> dare you? That's how I really feel on the inside. So, and if you've read this book on our recommendation... I'm sorry. <laughs> normally, you know, we try to read the books beforehand, but we, we've gotten to a place where we're reading along with you. And um, so, if we just gotta do better. <laughs> do better, be better. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we bid you all... Good night. <laughs> Goodbye. Good so morning. For well. <laughs> See you next time. See you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. That's spelled S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. See you next time. Deuces.